and um, I hear the first officer call out. And, and the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy shit, the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my life and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like. You know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Rod Williamson, and you're listening to Lodge Tales. So Merry Christmas everyone and this is our Christmas episode. Well there's going to be two of them. It was kind of long so I'm just splitting them up into two. But this is part one. Part one we talk about uh, I guess the power of belief and and things that happen around I guess um, believing in <laughs> certain things. But uh, I'd like to thank everyone for being here. Showing us your support. Um, we we go into a few stories that are going to kind of <laughs> be a little... Might be a little hard to swallow. Might might be a little out there. But um, I hope you enjoy them. And, and I hope they, they give you something to think about. So without uh, any further messing around, let's let's get into the show. Well, welcome back, everyone. We have a returning guest who wants to remain anonymous again. And um, if you would, go ahead and talk a little bit about yourself before we get into the show. As you know, and you, you know, of course, you know me. Mm-hmm. You know me for a while, and I was on your on your podcast uh back in october and um you know we talked about some of the stuff i grew up with um and you know growing up with uh a lot of different i guess uh traditional people and stuff um i got to see a lot of odd well i don't know if you call them odd but um just really interesting things you know that I think a lot of people, you know, they they have questions about, you know, as far as, like, spirits and things like that. And I was, you know, fortunate enough, as you were, and a lot of people probably out there, on our res at least, um, got to experience different things that didn't make a lot of sense and stuff. And for me, you know, growing up with a lot of traditional folks, um, I got to get a lot of their knowledge firsthand mm-hmm. and so a lot of times um that's what i go off of 
and what they would explain to me about different spirits and different things that would happen that quote unquote people call paranormal, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's, you know, it's interesting stuff because I, you know, every now and then I'll listen to different stories and I guess the, um, one thing that I always notice about, you know, people that have stories like this, you know, whether they're Indian or non-Indian, um, for Indian people, at least the ones I know, um, it makes, you know, it makes total sense, you know, they're not, it's not a question of, oh, is this real or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, the non-Native people, you know, they really have a hard time with that because uh, they are told not to believe in that stuff, you know, which is weird to me. It's always been weird to me, even even in the churches and stuff. You know, you're supposed to believe in a man up there that's preaching to you about God. And, you know, since it's Christmas time, you know, I kind of think of it like that, you know, and believe in Jesus and stuff like that. But then when you bring them something like, you know, this thing's bothering around my house, and all of a sudden, oh, well, either you're crazy or, you know, we don't believe you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Which is kind of sad when you really think about it, you know, because, you know, as far as, um, you know, I mean, as far as um, growing up, I grew up with the Catholic faith also, you know? Yeah. And um, so my mother, she... She really believed in, you know, Jesus and stuff like that, and the saints, and, you know, and believed in um, the power of prayer, and because she also believed in the Indian ways, too. And a lot of people are like that. They're kind of dual, quote-unquote, citizens of religion, you know, mm-hmm. where they're uh, maybe Catholic, but they follow also, you know, Native teachings, and so for them... When those two combine, at least in my household, um, and I'm sure in your household too, um, it's like it, it becomes, you know, it becomes what it's supposed to be, which is spiritual. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the belief system, of course, is um, if you pray, good things can happen, you know? But you have to, you know, you have to work hard at it and you have to live it every day. You can't just go to church on Sunday and call it good. <laughs> you know, like yeah. A lot of people do, you know, they they go to church and call it good. And, you know, the rest of the week they treat everybody like crap and uh, go about their way treating people good. Not that I'm saying I'm a saint or anybody else I know is a saint, but the ones that have tried really hard to understand our ways <clears throat> has um have uh really flourished um if they stick with it that is you know yeah yeah that's true i mean because you you see the the ones that live the because it's, it's a lifestyle you know you see the ones that live the life they're always mm-hmm. doing something for for others and, and they don't expect anything back and they're always quick to help mm-hmm. you know and they always exactly. have this effect on you that you're worth something that you're loved you know that they care oh that yeah this makes you feel good those types of people they never go around harming things nope. or or trying to hurt feelings or anything like that 
They might tease you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's, you know, it's interesting to me because, um, you know, especially this time of year, you know, I was just talking with a, a relative of mine today, actually, about some of this. And, you know, he we were talking to him about um, giving, you know, the spirit of giving, you know. Mm-hmm. And during this time of year, you know, people give a lot of, you know, they go to, you know, of course, to Walmart, Target, you know, wherever you're from, you know, depending on what stores you have around, and they buy stuff, right? And they put, they put a lot of pressure on themselves to get, quote-unquote, the, you know, best gift they can, you know, for, you know, um, relatives or their husband, their kids, all this stuff, and we were talking about that, and he wanted to get me this gift, you know, he was like, because I bought him a gift, uh, and I said, you know, I said to him, I said, you don't have to buy me a gift, oh, no, no, I want, you know, I want to do all this for you, and you're always helping me out, blah, 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 and I told him, I said, well, the way that we live, and I said, because he grew up with traditional ways, too, I said, you know, we give people gifts all year round as Indian people that are, you know, following teachings as well as we can because of appreciation for those people being in your life. And we don't expect nothing back like you were just saying, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we go out and we try to treat everybody kind and everything. Not that, not that we're perfect, but we show that appreciation to uh, the people we love and care for, and even, and, and even in some instances, strangers, you know, total strangers. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we we care. And I'm not trying to make us sound like we're just this perfect group of people, you know, tribal people. <clears throat> but if you look at a lot of the tribal people around the world, um, they're like that, you know? Yeah. And so then it comes back to, really believe in, you know. So I have this little story since it's Christmas time and I just thought of it, you know, with my mother and her sisters. So years ago, um, they were really involved um, with the Catholic ways, you know. Mm-hmm. But they also believed in the Indian ways. <clears throat> but years and years ago, my mom told me she said her and her two sisters and her uncle and aunt took a ride out towards uh, to medicine somewhere. And, you know, this was back in the, oh, I don't know, probably, hmm, I'm, I'm going to guess around the, the 60s, 50s, somewhere in there. Yeah. And they were they were just young. They were only like, I think she said she was, they were just like about 12, 13 years old. And so they were out with my great uncle and my great aunt. And what they'd like to do is, you know, he, he had this old truck. You know, back then, of course, it was new. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he was one of the few people that actually had a truck. And he would like to take rides, and he would always take uh, my mom and his 
you know, his nieces for a ride, and with him and his um, his um, wife, my auntie, my great aunt, and um, they went out there, and it was summer night, and as they were sitting there in the back of his truck, you know, um, my uncle and his wife were in the front, and they were just sitting in there visiting, you know, and the girls were in the back, and there was one single cloud by the moon and they were sitting there staring up at it visiting pretty soon that cloud uh, that cloud started changing and as it started changing it turned into a man hmm. and she said that man then looked at a, or um, that cloud started changing some more and that man was carrying a cross Hmm. And she said it turned into the likeliness of Jesus, hmm. you know, for, for all intents and purposes of what we see as Jesus nowadays on the cross and in paintings and stuff. Um, and he walked across that moon, you know, in front of the moon, and they said he just walked with that cross carrying it at a steady pace, and he vanished. And... They all witnessed it, and it really, it really put them into that belief system. She said, into the you know believing in Jesus, mm-hmm. and she said after that, they never, ever um, wavered in their belief, and you know, and that's really cool because when you think about it, you know. Um, uh, your your belief is really super. You know your belief is strong, um, yeah. especially when you're younger, when you're a kid. Um, when you're a kid, your belief is really powerful. If if you don't have that um, worldly, um, the world telling you no, the world telling you stuff like oh you're nuts or you know in some cases or maybe you're you know, there's something wrong with you, or my favorite is, you know, people say, mass hysteria, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is so stupid, man. I mean, I've seen mass hysteria mm-hmm. in, in like a sweat lodge and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and can it, can it affect people? Yeah. You know, I won't lie there. It can affect people because, you know, if somebody, and you, you are a soldier, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens when you're, you know, doing, uh, say, a, I don't know, a raid or something, or, or you're in a situation where it can get very volatile very quickly, and if you don't keep your ducks in a row, especially from the top, working from top to the bottom, um, you know, command structure, then people lose their mind. And they become crazed, you know, and that's kind of like mass hysteria, in my opinion, because if if you're freaking out all at the same time, there's no reason there, <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's no there's no stopping and saying to yourself, okay, let's think this through rationally and let's get through it, because that's kind of how I think, especially in our culture, that's how a lot of those old timers that did um, ceremonial stuff and had spirits do things that uh, that's 
really the key, you know. And I, I asked one spiritual leader years ago when I was a kid um, if he ever got scared, you know, because he, um, he would have these ceremonies. And I won't say what because some people don't understand what they are, but you've been to ceremonies enough that you know what those uh, nighttime ceremonies are about. Mm-hmm. And um, you have spirits that come in and things like that. Um, and it can get really intense really quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very intense. And I asked him, I said, Hey, I said, do you, do you ever get scared? And he, you know, this was after one of these kind of intense ceremonies, you know, and he looks at me and he started laughing. He said, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. I get scared. Um, I'd be scared of the person that claims they don't get scared. Yeah. And that's kind of my, that's kind of my, um, my gauge right there. You know, being scared is, is normal, but it's what you do with that fear that's, you know, going to help you or hinder you, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, not to get off subject, but I mean, you, that's, that's what it is, you know, that belief structure, you know, when my, my mother and her sisters and my uncle and aunt saw Jesus, after that, she was very much, she said, and she, she equated that as the, um, thing that really tied her into her spirituality, and it didn't waver neither of my aunts either, you know, mm-hmm. and it never wavered once in their lives, and they both all said the same story, they all told the same story. You know, because you're always thinking to yourself, well, maybe it was just my mom or my aunt that saw this, you know, because that's that analytical side, I guess, of all of us, especially as the the world we grow up in, um, (coughs) where we think that maybe I better reconfirm this, you know, (laughs) you know, um, but especially this time of year, this, you, you have things that, um, happened that are interesting you know I, th- I think you were kind of talking about some of your story um with uh your grandpa and then yeah like that that one that um you know i don't really tell i've told you before mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll tell it for the for the audience here so yeah and i'll i'll say again this one freaks me out because i don't know really what to make of it now that i'm a little older right yeah. So, if there are any kids out there listening, just keep your belief in, in the things that that make sense to you. If, that's that's all I want to say here. I don't want to... I'm just saying that you, you kids, mm-hmm. you're really powerful with the things that you believe and that you think. Don't let these adults bring you down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kids are awesome. Well, anyways... Mm-hmm. So, I must have been around eight years old. I kind of mulled that around with you on the phone that one day, and I said, oh, yeah, about eight. Yeah. So, I I used to stay up, and, you know, through every Christmas, uh, I used to try to stay up to see Santa. You know, I really wanted mm-hmm. to see him. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just wanted to catch a glimpse of him. Yep. And I don't know what I'd ever do if I did see him. <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyways, I always tried, and I never could. I'd always fall asleep. Like, I remember yeah. like, the latest I could ever stay up was just a little past midnight. I used to yep. think that word midnight was such a late, late time. It was, like, oh, it was almost oh, yeah. mythic, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get past that very long. I'd, I'd fall asleep. Well, anyways, this happened years before that. this time, right? I was always trying to do that, fall asleep. It never worked well. Again, it happened when I was about eight, and it was out at Medicine at my grandpa's, and uh, I, I, I don't remember the other details. Like, was my mom and dad sleeping in that back room, and was I with them back there, or was I sleeping by my grandpa and my grandma? I don't, I don't remember any of that. But anyways, I heard this noise come from the, you know, and this was like Christmas Eve going into Christmas morning that night yeah and i heard this noise in the living room somewhere and i i got up because i didn't know really what it was but i knew something it's that those funniest things where you where you get woke up because you know you heard a sound but you're sleeping and you yeah. don't know what made the sound and you don't even know what the sound was you just know you it woke you up whatever it was yeah that's kind of how it was so i i walk into the into the living room and I remember seeing all these presents there like oh yeah you must have came you know and, yeah and I didn't really think too much more of it I was just kind of staring at the the only light in there was the tree all the lights on it kind of lit up and yeah. blinking and stuff and I remember looking around at the presents and then just then I hear the sound on the roof uh goes doo -doo 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 -doo, <laughs> like that and it goes from the north side of the roof down to the south side and and it was gone yeah. So right then and there, I get it in my mind. Oh, that must be Santa and his reindeer. I went running outside onto the, off the porch, and I I remember looking up. Same thing yeah. you were saying that there was clouds by the moon, and I was looking up. Uh, and as I looked, there was this cloud that was like kind of low and to the right side of the moon, but it wasn't a thick cloud. It was kind of small, and yeah. I seen something kind of square, but it was white, but imagine something white at night you know you yeah it's not lit up or anything but it was white looking but still like i could see it it was dim but it went behind that cloud i just caught like the tail end of it and it went behind the cloud yeah so i'm thinking to myself what what was that i had no idea yeah. and I, I can only reason because i'm i'm pretty young and i can only reason well it must have been santa but why white and why square what what was that doing behind that cloud <laughs> and it didn't come out you know like yeah. i said that cloud wasn't even as wide as the moon it was just kind of blocking like the lower right part of the moon and the moon was pretty clear i mean yeah. that the night sky was pretty clear and you could see the moon pretty clear except for that one little side well anyways um there wasn't a lot of clouds and I go out further and I look up on the roof to see if I could see tracks in the snow on the roof, but there was nothing. Like, I couldn't see. Yeah. There's a night light out there, an outside light, so it, you can see the roof, and you could definitely yeah. tell if, you know, there were tracks up there because it would leave indentions. you basically see shadows of where they were at, you know. you It, it would stick yeah. out. But I didn't see nothing, so... <laughs> I didn't tell you this, but I kind of got scared, so I ran back in. You know, you're outside at night. It was about 3 in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I yeah. ran back in. Wait a minute. What am I doing outside? I ran back in. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I get back in. I look at those presents, and I, 
I try to go back to sleep and I, I had a hard time because I was excited to see those prisons. I didn't know what happened oh, yeah. just then. But I go back to sleep and the next day, well, we have Christmas. But now that I'm a, an adult, I think back on that time and I wonder what what was that? What that was. Yeah, yeah. What, what made that sound because I heard that sound and, and I wasn't dreaming. I wasn't, I don't sleepwalk, right? Nothing like that. Yeah, I, I was awake, you know, and I, I, I seen that, and mm-hmm. and I heard that. So, yeah. you know, I still to this day, a lot of things go through my mind of, of what that was, and I, I, yeah. I have no answers. I, I really don't know, what that, <laughs> what that was because, uh, I've never seen a UFO that I know of, you know. Yeah. I, I've. I mean, I look up at the sky. It's not like I don't. I, I look up, and I, I just—I've never seen one my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, people talk about them. People close to me and my family, yeah. my immediate family, even, and I—I yeah. I just haven't seen one, and I don't—I don't know why. But anyways, I—I mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. I really don't. Yeah. Well, you know, I—you know—and as we were talking about it too, uh, that one day. Um, I, you know, my theory is, you know, belief is really powerful. Uh, just like I was saying, you know, earlier about my mom and I'm seeing that, seeing Jesus, you know. And and they saw him as a depiction of um, what we see as Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we've been seeing all our lives, the long hair, the beard. Even though now as we get <clears throat> into the newer uh, age and stuff, we, we know that, where he was from and stuff like that, they were dark-skinned and uh, most likely, you know, because they were from uh, African nations, basically, mm-hmm. uh, Egyptian, things like that. Uh, so, the, you know, the depiction of Jesus is probably not a depiction, a proper depiction, that is. Um, but your belief is powerful, and... and I always think that, you know, like when you're a kid, things like that, like what you saw, you know, how how do we not know it was something uh, Santa-related? You know, St. Nicholas was what they all named Santa Claus after, you know, St. Nick, St. Nicholas. And he was well known for making toys for kids and in his village and taking them around on Christmas Eve. Um at least that was the story I got, and I want to say that you can look it up and find uh, the whole history of St. Nicholas. And so that spirit is there, and especially this time of year, we have a very strong belief in it. You know, as adults, maybe not as strong, but kids, you know, they... um, their belief system is stronger than ours as we get older. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, that comes down to that, the world telling us, no, that can't be real, ghosts aren't real, spirits aren't real, you know, your emotions aren't real, <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> which is really stupid when you really think about it, because it, I think to myself, if everybody on, on our earth all prayed about the same thing, well, what would happen? Like, what would happen, I mean, 
would there be some kind of cosmic energy or spiritual energy or something that would cause something to happen? Um, would we ascend to something different? You know, because tribes, especially most Indian tribes, and I'm sure other tribes around the world, um, we're about being closer to our creator. Mm -hmm. And that's really um, something I don't think, I think people are lacking nowadays. Um, so I, I think whatever it is you saw was, like I said before, maybe that spirit or whatever that thing is out there was trying to give you a happy memory. Yeah, maybe. That makes sense. Because <laughs> at the time you believed it was Santa Claus, right? Yeah, I didn't know what else to think. I, I really yeah. didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and that's what I, that's how I look at it, you know, is that your belief, and, and then you think all those kids, you know, because there's all these kids in the world with that strong belief, um, I think that... Um, for all intents and purposes, it was. I mean, that's just how I look at it. <clears throat> um, call me crazy, which I'm sure people will. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> yeah. it, it's like your belief is really powerful. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I mean, does that make sense to you? It does. I mean, <laughs> in more ways. And it also validates other things, you know, like, uh, so... I told you about this too, and I, <laughs> I, yeah. I found this. This family found me, and they needed help with their, uh, with their house. They were being haunted, and they're pretty bad. And they had a, a boy with disabilities, right? And yeah. well, I wasn't gonna talk about the whole thing of that. I, I mean, I told you everything, but mm. um, I don't think I'll share that with the rest of the people. Just no. In, anyways, I get it. what it was was uh, going through. And basically uh, cleansing their house, cleansing them, and, and kind of like facing off with these things that are in there. Uh, yeah. With the tools you're given there. They're the mm -hmm. tools that, you know, Napi Natusi gives you, you know, to, to yeah. use. And you're, you're not the, you know, the power's not in you. You're just like yeah. the tool, and he's the, you know, yeah. the architect of it all to... Yeah. But within that, you can't go in there and just doubt everything. You, oh, no. You know, you, you don't go in there saying, oh, this ain't going to work. I don't even know why I'm trying. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not, you know, you, you've got your... With me, how I, I... I believe that, you know, nothing can harm me. I don't... Yeah. I really... Honestly, I don't want to sound like arrogant or or foolhardy or anything yeah. like that or crazy brave or anything like that but i know mm -hmm. nothing can harm me when i have those things with me you know nothing bad oh, yeah. it just can't they, they can't get to you they they can't harm you mm -hmm. so yeah. that's i guess my the 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 belief in in that power is what protects me when i yeah. you know have to go do something like that you know or yeah and the only reason I felt like I should go, and I spoke with it about my wife, like I was telling you, was because they had that boy with, with disabilities, right? And I, I have a son yeah. with disabilities, and I couldn't imagine 
going mm. through something like that and not knowing what to do. Cause, oh, yeah. You know, those people were, they were non-native and they had no idea they were about to sell their house yeah. and all that and, and just move on. And I don't know, I, I just, yeah. I really felt kind of bad and I, I felt like, well, yeah. I, I better try and help somehow, mm. you know, so. Yeah. And I well, just and did what know, I, you know, how we normally cleanse and everything. I, I just yeah. did all that and put up barriers for them and stuff, you know. So, I mean, but yeah. I don't want to go into detail of what <laughs> yeah, what no, I experienced I there, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's like, uh, it always, remi- you, you just remind me of a movie, uh, one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, which was that Fright Night, right? Mm-hmm. There's a part in there where, uh uh, I believe his name's, um, oh, I can't think of, Rodney McDowell. He was uh, in, like, Planet of the Apes and all this other stuff. But he plays this uh, this uh, vampire hunter. And so they get this vampire cornered, uh, like the head vampire, and he pulls out this cross out of his bag of, you know, steaks and holy water and stuff like that. And he holds that cross up to that vampire and uh the vampire like feigns backwards and starts hissing like most vampire movies but then he starts laughing and uh he looks at that rodney mcdowell's character and he tells him he grabs that cross out of his hand and he goes you have to have beliefs (laughs) (laughs) you know and and that, that rodney mcdowell runs off because he's so scared Mm-hmm. But of course, later in the film, he you know gets belief. Then it, that cross works on him. So it's <clears throat> like what you're saying, you know, like with some, it comes down with that belief, you know, um, <laughs> you know. And since it's kind of Christmas, I, you know, my, I gotta tell you this story because it comes from toys. So I got a couple, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you one that was really. Since we're talking about something, you know, like with you seeing that um, spirit go up behind that cloud and stuff like that. Um, When you're a kid, these things happen to you, and as you get older, you don't really, you think that you made it up, right? Mm -hmm. You know, at least for me, um I think back to some of the, and, and we've talked on length on some things. I haven't told you everything, of course, because if I did, it'd be kind of a long show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my sister had, you, she would collect dolls. Yeah. And that was her whole big thing was she always had, like, porcelain dolls or cabbage patch kids. All these things, but when she was a little girl, this woman made her a a doll, and it was a Raggedy Ann doll, and but it was uh, African American. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a derogatory name; they called those dolls, but they were Raggedy Ann dolls. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this this lady made it for her. Um, I want to say. And I'd have to ask one of my relatives, but I want to say that lady lived out, like, in uh, my dad traveled a lot, around a lot to his relatives that lived in, like, Oregon and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, back in, the, I believe, the 50s and 60s, they had this Indian Relocation Act. Basically, get them off the res so we can, quote-unquote, assimilate, uh, assimilate them, you know. <laughs> and so they'd give you money, and they'd say you could move off the res and would help you buy houses, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Didn't really work out. You know, we're still on the res. <laughs> but um, so she got this doll from this lady that really liked her. And this doll, just a typical-looking Raggedy Ann doll. But it had something in it. What it would do is um, it would chase me and my brother. And I know it sounds crazy as shit. <laughs> Excuse my language, but crazy. Um, she would, my sister would put it down the hallway because her bedroom was a little further, closer to the living room than my mom's. And when she would watch us, she wouldn't, you know, she didn't like, like us playing in those back rooms because she always, you know, we'd always dig around and stuff. You know how kids are. Yeah. And she would keep us out of that bedroom, out of her bedroom, so she would put that doll at the end of the hallway. And when we would get close to it, <laughs> it would grab us, dude. Whoa. Literally grab us, or it would chase us. And it just gives me shivers. You know, you've seen the Annabelle, the yeah. true Annabelle doll. Mm -hmm. Well, picture African-American Raggedy Ann one. And yeah. <clears throat> it would chase us up and down the hallway. And we'd get to a certain point, it would let go. We'd scream and cry, man. I mean... We literally would, and we were only like seven, eight years old. It was probably about a year after my dad died. And um, so when she would put that doll down there, we wouldn't go down that hallway. Okay, so flash forward about 20, 30 years. Yeah, about 30 years. My brother at the time, uh, we were riding together, and he wanted, you know, he asked me if I could give him a ride down to uh, the casino. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, sure. So, and you know, when me and my brother, you know, you knew how we were, you know, sometimes we were really good together and sometimes we weren't. <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> kind of like oil and water, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, but when we got along, we got along good and we talked about all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, and so I'm we're driving him down and just trying to drive him a little bit. And for whatever reason, he looks at me and he goes, Hey, do you remember that doll, you know, our sister had when we were kids? And I said, Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, Do you remember when it would grab us and chase us and stuff? <laughs> and I just got these shivers up my back and I told him, I thought I made that up in my head all these years and he said no it was real he said I remember it he said why would we remember the same thing and I was just like oh god oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and <clears throat> um, I only told a few people there was only a few people I told that story to but whatever was part whatever was in that Whatever that, you know, spirit that lived in that was, I don't know if it was malicious or bad or anything like that, 
as I look back at it. But it knew what it was doing, you know. Hmm. Um, it kept us out of the back rooms. <laughs> and maybe that, you know, that was the whole point, you know, because things like that that happen to you, you know, especially when you're a kid, um, you're not, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, you, your belief is strong. And those spirits are more, I think they're more open to showing themselves to you. Mm-hmm. They're more open to doing things um, and making you more aware of their presence. And uh, my mom, you remember cakewalks? Yeah. Toys? You know, they used to have them in like uh, Heart Butte and Brown. And what you would do is, um, it was like a little fair, like a little carnival kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And it was called cakewalk, right? So they had all these little stations. I don't know if you remember it. Maybe you were. Mm. Maybe they stopped doing it when you know, because you're not that much younger than me. But <clears throat> um, what you would do is, it was like a school activity, and your parents would take you, and you got candy bag, and they usually had them around this time of year, actually around Christmas and um, and um, Halloween. Mm. And so there was this little station with like a, usually a curtain or, you know, um, or a shower curtain or something, but they'd give you all these little plastic fishing rods, right? Mm-hmm. And you would tie like a fake worm on them and you would throw them over that curtain you know, like you were fishing. It was a cute, a cute little idea. Mm. And you'd throw it over and the person on the other side, they would tie things to it like uh, toys or candy or and then they would pull the line to make it like you were fishing you know like you just caught you know you bagged something yeah and you and you would pull it back over and there usually was a prize you know and they call them cakewalk and <laughs> so me and my brother went to one out in Hart Butte and we threw our little rods over you know and they pulled on them. I still remember they pulled on them, and we, we pulled them up, and we had these little bendable figurines. And they were, uh, like, a wolfman, a mommy, and I want to say, like, a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And my mom, um, in her bedroom, she had a little C, uh, she had a, a police scanner and a CB radio. And... <laughs> um, so that night that we got them, we played with them and everything, and they you could bend them in different poses and blah, blah, blah. And we put them in my mom's bedroom on her little police scanner, and we, we bent them so they were sitting on her police scanner, like, facing it. Mm-hmm. And my mom, if you knew my mom, she prayed every night. And so she was laying in bed, and she was praying. She... She was looking at those, you know, she turned and she was looking at those little figurines on her little uh, police scanner. And she's like, oh, you know, and my mom was my mom. You know, she looked down and she's like, oh, I don't like looking at those things. You know, they look creepy. <laughs> so she turned them around so they were facing the other way. Because, you know, for her, they were just toys, you know. Yeah. But she didn't like how they looked. But she turned them the other way. And she closed her eyes again and she prayed and kept praying and she opened her eyes and she looked over and they were facing her again. (laughs) (laughs) 
So she yelled for my sister. My sister came back there and said, yeah, but what do you need, Mom? Just take these things in there. She said, why is that? And so she told her what, what they did. So my sister come walking in there, and she cut them all up and threw them away. <laughs> they had little, they, you know, they were little bendable figures, you know, basically wire with uh, a mold on top of them that, you know, made them look like, you know, whatever you decided to do, like, you know. With these ones, it was uh, the wolf man and a mo- the mummy, and I want to say, like I said, I want to say it was a scarecrow or a pumpkin, pumpkin mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so my sister came into the kitchen. That's where we were. Now that I think about, it, we were in the kitchen with my sister. My mom went to bed early all the time, you know, and she just cut them up and threw them in the trash. <laughs> you know, mm. but um, anyway, like I said, you know. Um, so, <laughs> I'm not trying to scare people out there either, you know, <laughs> kids especially, you know, about toys. Yeah. But, but um, it's it just, you know, like I said, that belief and whatever that was with my mom, um, especially the house I grew up in, it was just on par for that place. And, and you know, and I often wonder what happened to that doll. You know, I never did have the chance to ask my sister what she did with it. Um, I want to say she kept it, and then she it got lost to, you know, time somewhere. And, uh, you know, but the other thing, too, yeah, and, and you asked me this earlier, and I'll tell you this story, too, because you asked, and I don't know if you have any other ones, but, um, <clears throat> again, it's that belief system, you know, um, with my father, uh, he was a World War II veteran, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so with most tribes, and, 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 and a lot of tribal people, voodoo people have voodoo dolls, right? Yeah. You have, you have down south, uh, with the southern tribes, you have um, the Chinas. You have um, these little, as you go further south, they have these little tiny figurines. I don't know if you've ever seen them from way down, like Pueblo and further down. They're little tiny, must look like matchsticks. Huh. They're dressed. They're dressed. Have you ever seen those? No, I don't think so. Well, they're, they're, <clears throat> their belief is that those are little spirits, right? Yeah. You know, and you have these little spirits and you take care of them as, a, as like a family. Hmm. Um, so they usually come with like, like my understanding, and I could be totally off the mark here, but my understanding was they made these little tiny, tiny dolls too, these little tiny figurines, and they dressed them up as a particular family, and that was how, that's how you protected your family. Mm-hmm. You took care of those little dolls, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and it represented the people in your family. That's how their medicine people work. Um, and up this way, you know, as you get in the northern tribes and stuff like that, you know, people don't talk about those dolls because people don't don't associate us with things like that. Yeah. But they do exist in our tribes. They're just not very common anymore. Like the Cree, they have a version of it. I'm sure the Crow do too, and, and maybe Cheyenne and Arapaho and all these different tribes. But with my my family, my father, when he was, you know, 18, 17 years old, he uh, came from a family that really... Um, 
uh, at least at the time, really practiced their ways, you know? Mm-hmm. And so before he went to war, because World War II was coming and they knew it was coming, so they had a ceremony of some kind, and they made this doll of a little sailor, just like a Navy sailor. And mm-hmm. they gave it to him, and they said to him, you take this with you <clears throat> to uh, war. Keep it with you, and it will keep you safe. So he said, okay. You know, <laughs> 17, 18, you know, when you're that age, you don't think much of it, you know. Yeah. And he headed out, went to boot camp, blah, blah, blah. Next thing he's on an aircraft carrier. And uh, I want to say the South Pacific. And one of, he was one of the ones that got destroyed. I don't know what it was. You know, this is just the story he told my mom and my mom told me. So um, his, he, he worked on airplanes. Um, and he was in a cockpit when this happened, but they got hit with a torpedo or something and they start sinking and as they were sinking he was trying to get out of this airplane but it happened so fast that he basically started going down with the ship and he was inside this cockpit and he could not get out Hmm. and he said that it was like you know the pressure from the water because it happened so quick pressure from the water was basically keeping him trapped inside it. And as he uh, was going down, he said it was starting to get darker. Hmm. You know, and I, I just can't even imagine that, that feeling of, you know, darkness coming around you as you're sinking, you know. And somehow he got that cockpit to pop open. And when he popped it open, it uh, the pressure from him being down there just shot him almost clean to the top of the, you know, surface. And uh, he starts swimming. There was a destroyer near nearby that was, you know, um, scooping up people that were in the water. And what would happen is these uh, Japanese Zeros would fly by and they would strafe the water with 30 calibers. Mm-hmm. And and he said, you know, when they would come by, people would yell, they're coming back, and they'd all dive. And they would strafe the water, and, you know, you know, and you, you were a soldier, so you know exactly how that sounds. Um, he said, we'd come up, and there'd be, you know, people dead around him, blood everywhere, you know, and they're swimming for this destroyer. And as they're getting closer, another one came by, and it strafed the water. He dove down again, and when he came back up, he was, you know, of course, swimming. When he come back up, his arm was hanging off his, mm-hmm. uh, off his side. Mm-hmm. One of the bullets had basically severed it off, almost. You know, it was just hanging by muscle. No, you know. And so they got onto the destroyer, and, of course, in those days, you know, when you were that kind of mangled, I guess is the best word, they just cut it off and call it good, you know. There wasn't much that, you know, because they were, they had to patch up what they could to get you back out there fighting. Or call it a loss, you know. So it was just by chance, if you want to believe in chance, 
a surgeon doctor on there who was trying to patch these people up recognized my father. And I guess they were good friends. And that's the one thing about my family, you know, from being around my, my brother. We're pretty friendly folks, you know. We make friends with a lot of people. Yeah. Or try to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we always get along with everyone. Anyway, so his uh, arm's hanging off, and they look at him, and they say, Oh, I recognize this. You know, I know who this is. And he said his name, and he said, um, I'm going to reattach your arm. Well, like, you know, to, you know, and if it takes, it takes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Well, it took. And so after he got patched up, um, you know, he got, I believe, uh, well, he got honorably discharged. I don't know if we're that, but he, you know, served his time. And he came back, and when he got back home, his relatives kept calling him. They kept saying, you need to come over and see us. And he, he could just shrug it off, you know, because you're young. Shrug it off and keep doing his thing. Finally, they finally said, you need to come down and see us. It's really important. So he finally got up the notion. He went down there and got to their, their relative's house. And they said, we got something for you. He's like, okay. You know, you guys been bothering me so much. What is it? They went in their house and they brought that doll out. Hmm. That doll was supposed to be on the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) In the South Pacific, I believe. Um, You know, I'm not a historian, so I could be wrong, but I know that's what happened to him. Um, And it freaked him out. Freaked him out big time. Because he was young, just like us at the time. And... It was dressed like a little sailor. They said it arrived before you got back. It showed up at our doorstep. <laughs> and he said, because it just makes me have shivers too, you know. He, he said, well, <clears throat> he, you know, it served me well. And he said, can you, and it scared him. He said, can you take it and put it out? And you know what put out means. Yeah. Oh, as far as I know, they took it and put it out. But, he really believed that that saved his life, that that doll protected him um, through that ordeal, you know, because World War II was not, you know, any war, if nothing to sneeze at, but that one in particular was a tough one. Um, so I, I want to say that, you know, that's kind of my, my toy story. <laughs> Jeez. That's pretty powerful, you know, those, mm-hmm. those gifts that sometimes, you know, people give you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... Well, it's, you know, and it's it's about the intent, I believe, because, well, when you think about it, like the intent that my sis- sister had her doll, mm-hmm. you know, what was that intent for? It never... It never per se tried to harm us. Like, we didn't wake up like, you know, the TV show poltergeist and trying to strangle us under the bed, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we never had any kind of issue like that, but it kept us from going in the back room. Um, 
and I don't know. Did it ever make <laughs> it, it noise? Or would just chase you guys and grab you? It never like made a sound or anything? It didn't make any sound, if I remember right, you know. Um, I didn't hear like growling or making any like hyper sounds, you know. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Again, excuse my language, but oh man, it still scares me. I'm a grown man, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and if I was to see it again, you know, I don't know how I would react because okay. you know. But uh, to be honest, it um it reminds me of my sister too, you know, mm -hmm. and and she loved she loved that thing. I'm not kidding. She she loved it. And it was like one of her prized possessions. And I don't know what to think of it now. You know, I don't think of it as per, you know, um, in my mind, I don't think of it as like evil or anything like that. But that's age, you know, that's hindsight, you know, looking back and um, trying to make sense of certain things. Um, just like, you know, with the thing you saw, going back to that for a second, it's all about belief. Um, but it also reminds me of a story, because I, I kind of like to think of everything like this. Um, uh, you know that old story about God sending a helicopter? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever hear that? Yeah, you heard that where the guy's like going to drown and these, you know, uh, uh, a dam bursts or it's a rainstorm or something and the police show up at his house and they say, you need to leave, you know, the flood floodwaters are coming, you need to evacuate. And he's like, no, no, no. Me and God have a deal. Pretty soon, um, the, you know, water's starting to rise, and he's slowly trying to get up on top of his house, and these guys in a boat come, and they say, you need to hop in with us, or you're going to die. He goes, oh, no, no, mean God, have a deal. Pretty soon, he's on the tip of his house, and this helicopter comes flying up, and they're like, grab onto the ladder, you're going to die. And he tells them, no, 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 me and God have a deal. Next thing, the waters come high enough, and they drown him. He goes to heaven, and he's standing in front of God, and he goes, I thought me and you had a deal. <clears throat> and God says, yeah, I sent, the, I sent the boat, I sent the police, and I sent the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's kind of how I look at all of it, you know, because you... It's good to have belief and faith and blah, blah, blah. But you have to be reasonable and understand what it is you're doing, too. And you have to be able to uh, correlate to. Sometimes a sound is just a sound, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes a bang is a bang. But if you believe um, that this can help you, then it's going to help you. And that's, you know... 99% of everything. If you go into it already, like you were saying about helping people, like when you help those 
folks, you know that your belief is your power. Mm-hmm. And you're part of that power. You're part of, you know, that tool. You're part of, the, you're that, <laughs> it sounds funny, you're that tool. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a <My> tool. <laughs> <laughs> you're a tool. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're you're part of that, that gear and cog system. Yeah. You're pulling along and um, helping people like that is really super important um, because it's easy to shrug people off and say, oh, you don't, you know, you don't, you, you don't believe something. You don't, yeah, that you were, you were half asleep, you know, mm-hmm. or especially kids when you're kids. I, you know, when I was growing up, most adults, a lot of them are gone now, but they were medicine people. Not all of them, but a lot of them. They all had a close to, well, they all had the same kind of belief system, even though, you know, at the time it was frowned upon to be Indian. And they lived through that. Um, they still had that belief system. And so if I went in and I told my mom, I remember seeing this man behind some um, lodge poles that used to have my dad's sweat in there. And he kept popping in and out, and we could see him, the old man, and it scared us. Hmm. And it was broad daylight, and I told my mom. And she went right down there, and she prayed. And she told him, just don't be scaring my boys. Never happened again, but she didn't say, oh, you guys are just, you guys are just making it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway. You know, these stories that we shared are... We don't share them with a lot of people. Some of these stories. And it's... It's fun to do it with... With you all. And, you know, to share these finally with a lot of people. Um, We... We're very hesitant to share a lot of these things. And, I mean, you can see why, right? So, again, I'd like to thank the patrons, uh, the listeners, everybody for sharing this podcast where you can. And part two is coming up next year. So stay tuned for that. And again, happy holidays, everyone. And... Let's get into the next episode.